countdown begins. Fresh. You're listening to the Plumbing Sales Coach, where we give companies the strategies and skills to create a massive customer following. up everybody welcome back to another edition of the fresh approach i'm your host cf the plumbing sales coach and today we're going to talk about sales in fact we're going to talk about the three keys to how you can listen your way to a sale now that's not typically what's taught when you think about sales that's not something you often think about but man is it is the key skill to being able to understand what the customer wants to be able to understand what the customer values and then to be able to deliver on that. We're going to talk about that, the three keys, how you can do it and how you can be effective at it. This is something we teach in our training program. This is something we teach in our coaching, but I just thought it's so important. We should share it with the rest of the world and you guys should get that. So by the end of this show, you're going to know exactly what I mean and how to utilize that in the home. Now, for those that are just joining us on the podcast, we do this podcast strictly related to the idea of service plumbing. You can apply this to other areas of your life, maybe other businesses if you're in a different business, but we are very much focused on service plumbing. We also have a live show that we do in the evenings on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Facebook Live, 8 p.m. Eastern, also on YouTube, and we talk about a broad spectrum of things. We just got done talking about Cracker Barrel and the things that we can learn from Cracker Barrel, the good, the bad, and the ugly on the last show, make sure you go check that out. But we talked about this idea of listening and I told a story about a time that I went to Cracker Barrel and I got glutened. Now I have celiacs and that kind of sounds funny. It's a, it's a, uh, a term my wife coined, but she says I get gluten when I get gluten in me because of the way I react. And this was something that I was trying to convey to my waitress and, and also I wanted to, to make sure that everyone in the kitchen knew and it just is what it is. Now I used to be that person that used to make fun of people that had these types of allergies because I didn't think they were real. Unfortunately, they are real. And now I have it and I deserve it because of making fun of people. That's the way that works. And so now I've got this gluten allergy. We talked about that. We talked about my experience and how that factored in. Well, I want to talk about how this really factors into the home as you're running a service call. So we're going to dive into those three things. Make sure you guys are checking the show out. Also, make sure you guys are going to our website, theplumbingsalescoach.com. On that website, you can request free training in our training portal, or you can even ask for the ebook, which talks about the three lies that you're either telling yourself or you've heard. And that is that number one, you need more guys, you need more calls, and you need more customers. And the reality is, is this, that you could blame those things, but or you could get better at those things. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode. Make sure you go get the podcast or go get the ebook and you also go to the website and request the training. Now, if you watched last night's show, and I challenge you to do that because we dove into this maybe in a little bit more of a fun environment, but we still talked about these these truths, these core fundamentals to service. Today, we're going to talk about how that applies to the core fundamentals of sales, again, especially in the home. Now, the first thing that we have to understand is that when we're talking about listening, and we're going to dive into these three keys of really getting it right, it's more than just a passive. So many people consider, you know, or I shouldn't say they consider listening passive. They treat listening as a passive skill. They treat listening as a passive 
event. Your job is not just to sit there until the other person is done talking so you can say what you want to say, which is what we see in a lot of society today. It's what we see in a lot of our circles today. People being divided over things because people aren't listening. And so we can do better. We can be better. We can be different and we don't have to continue that cycle. Now, when we go into a home, one thing that's very, you know, you can be a service plumber, you could be an HVAC tech, you could pretty much be in any industry of the service game, meaning you go to the home. And the reality is, is that most of the time your customer, 70% of the time they say, is what the t- statistics say, whoever may, whoever the statistics are, they say that it's a female consumer. That's who you're going to be engaging as a female consumer. And in the plumbing trade, um, the vast majority of people in the plumbing trade, not everybody, there's a wide spectrum of females that are in the plumbing trade, uh, but there's a lot of guys in the plumbing trade. And we all know that guys don't listen. And so we have this initial stigma that we have to go over. So it's a little bit of an additional hurdle. Now, if you're a female in the plumbing trade, there's a reality that contractors, tradespeople, service people, they don't listen. And so you've still got that same stigma to get out of. You've still got that same problem that you're battling. And so there's three keys here that we can do to be good listeners and to help the customer know that we're listening. So we're going to dive into those. The first key here is that we have to just absolutely shut up. I know that's harsh. I don't even know if you're allowed to talk like that anymore on a podcast, but you do. You have to be quiet. You have to stop talking. You have to because when you get into this situation, there's body posture that you're displaying based on whether or not you're receiving information or waiting for your turn. Have you ever talked to somebody who's a know-it-all and they jump in and they cut off, they take over every conversation, they have every example, every situation in life where it's happened to them but a little bit more, it's happened to them but they had a bigger one, it's happened to them but it was more disastrous, it happened to them but it was more fun, it happened to them but it was more. And on top of that, they're the only ones to get to tell their story. On top of that, anytime you talk, it gets completely disregarded and they just still talk about whatever they wanted to talk about. I know people like this. I have to endure people like this. We all do. You don't want to be one of these people. When you're in a situation where you're, you know, I was the other day, uh, I was somewhere and I was kind of explaining my situation and the problem, I could tell right away that the manager right away, and this wasn't even a complaint. This was a need. This was a, uh, I wanted to do something to a motorcycle. And so the manager right away was, he chalked me up to the other 35 people or 100 people or 500 people that he had talked to in a similar dialogue and just basically gave me the same cookie cutter answer that he gave to all of them. The problem was he missed a detail that separated me and didn't qualify me for that particular solution or that particular situation. You know, I talked about this idea of Cracker Barrel. When the waitress came to my table, for those that didn't watch the show, I went to Cracker Barrel. We're on our way back from a shop visit. This was months ago, maybe half a year ago. And I'm coming back, and we're driving, and we stop at the Cracker Barrel. I go in there, and I say, look, I got a gluten allergy. It's not a big deal. I know what to order, but just can you let the kitchen know and can um, just make sure the cook knows not to cross-contaminate. It says on the menu, I'm supposed to let you know. She says, sure, no problem. Okay. And she repeats it back to me. I said, yeah, gluten allergy. I said, you know what that is? She says, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start ordering and she asked me if I'd like pancakes. I'm like, I don't, I don't think you understand. I've got a gluten allergy. That, that you can't have pancakes. She says, oh, okay, okay. Would you like toast? I'm like, 
okay, you don't know what gluten is. And that's okay. And I said, look, that's, those are, I can't have breads. I can't have any kind of breads. Do you know what gluten is? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she goes on and takes the order, goes to the back. I look at the rest of the table. I say, it's not going to end well for me. She's, this isn't getting, no one's, no one's going to be told. I'm on my own here. She comes out. I asked her again. I say, did you, did you let the kitchen know? Yep, let them know. She lied to me right to my face. Goes on a little bit longer. Food comes out. I said, all right, we're good. She says, yep, we're good. I said, you sure? She said, yep. Start eating. I don't know. Three minutes later, here she comes. She, oh, hey, I got to tell you, the, the chicken was cooked where the pancakes were cooked. I'm like, oh, what? I knew what was about to happen. It was too late. I'd already been eating the chicken. So I just started shoving as much food in my mouth as I could. So I was hungry. I wanted to get some food in me. For those that don't know what it's like, once you get gluten, you can't. Usually you lose your appetite, you get sick, something happens. I'm fortunate. It's mild for me. I just shut down, can't move. I can't defend myself either for those 30 or 40 seconds, but I, I can't move. And then I come back to sometimes I got my appetite, sometimes I don't. But either way, it's an uncomfortable situation. It's not what I paid for. It's not the experience I was going for, Cracker Barrel. And she totally disregarded me. Now, I knew by the way that she was posturing herself and the way that she was responding and the way that she was actively not listening and just brushing me off, I could tell. I knew it before it even happened. And your customer does too. Your customer can tell that they're not being listened to. Now, you may not realize it, but they do. And it, a non-confrontational person, a person who doesn't want to deal with it, they're just going to kind of shut down. So they're going to be, you're going to be like, okay, tell me what happened. They're going to go, well, and they're going to realize you're not listening. And they're going to be like, well, I don't know. It's just broke. And you're, you're not going to learn anything there. You're not going to know what they're after. You're not going to know what they value. Now, a lot of you'd be like, oh, wait a minute. It doesn't matter. The water heater's leaking. Just fix the water heater. No. No. We don't know the reason why the water heater failed. Is there high water pressure? Is there water condition? Is there other things that we can do to educate and inform them about their situation? Does the shutoff need? Is there other things going on? You know, I see so many people just throwing shark bites on... Um, I mean, look, I went to a house, uh, it was uh, galvanized to CPBC shark bite to a um, flex hose line. And I'm like, what? This could not have been a plumber. There's no way. This was a handyman. Guarantee it. And I saw the invoice from the previous company. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a licensed company. We've all seen it, man. Fern goes where they're not supposed to be. We've all seen shark bites underground in the dirt. I mean, you shouldn't even use a shark bite. I get it for temporary situations to get you through and then come back and make it right, but you shouldn't be using shark bites. Underground? They're not even rated for that. But we, but we do it. People do it. People do it. We've got to be better than that. We've got to be above that. We've got to find a way to settle ourselves down long enough so we can hear the customer out, so we can listen to the customer. Now, here's the second thing I want to talk about. This is a key. Now, look, we're talking about sales here. We're talking about this idea of being able to take the customer from a point of, I don't want to do business, or I'm not sure if I want to do business. I'm not really sure what it looks like to do business, all the way to the point of, yeah, let's do it right now. Let's go ahead and make, let's go ahead and make the, the, the deal happen. Now, if you're walking into a home and you're replacing a flapper, that's not sales. That's order taking. If you walk into a home and you replace a fill valve, that's not sales. That's order taking. It's also not service. 
service is this idea of going in and finding out the bigger issues, offering them the flapper, offering them the fill valve, offering them whatever it is that they called you in there for, but then educating and enlightening them on the bigger issues at hand and then making suggestions and solutions that would fix that long term. Sometimes you guys hear me talk about my three options and I say repair, replace, upgrade. That's actually something that we trademarked. We own the trademark for that, that term, repair, replace, upgrade, we have for a long time. If you hear other people using it, tell them where it really started from because that idea of three options, repair the problem, replace the problem, or upgrade the problem. We also have said today, tomorrow, or forever. Today, tomorrow, or forever, meaning I'll fix the problem, it'll last you through today. I'll fix the problem, it'll last you through tomorrow. I'll fix the problem, it'll last you forever. The idea is a, a short-term solution, a mid-term solution, a long-term solution. Something that'll just kind of get you going or something that will make you never have to think about it again. If you have three bathrooms in a home and you only do one fill valve, the other two fill valves are going to go out at some point or something on those toilets are going to go out on something. So you really haven't fixed the bigger problem forever. You've just kind of put a Band-Aid on the bigger problem and you solved the minor symptom. That's what you did. And so if we're talking about sales and service and being able to actually take someone across the finish line and help them see the bigger investment in their home, then you got to do these three things. The first one was you got to listen. You got to be in a body posture to listen. You got to be sitting back and let them know I'm not going to cut you off. I have no desire to talk right now. And the second point is to talk. <laughs> I know that's a little bit backwards, but it is to talk. You want to make sure that the customer understands what they're saying so they don't get hung up on things. And so all I mean by this at this particular moment in time is, is you're not saying a word. You're not saying a thing. They're telling you about the toilet. So they said, well, uh, I'm looking at this toilet. My problem is, is that it's waking me up at night and the little thing in the back, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but that, you know, the, uh, plat right then and there, you might say, Oh, the fill valve. And they say, yeah, the fill valve. Well, it was doing, and you just stop talking. You let them continue on. It's what called unsticking them from a st stuck thought, basically unsticking them from getting in their own head and not being able to continue out what you need to know. Look, you want your customers to be able to tell you what they want. You want your customers to tell you what they're thinking and feeling so you can fix that, so you can solve that, so you can give them a great experience. It's no different than when I ask the waiter at the fine dining restaurant, what do you recommend? They're typically going to respond with, what are you in the mood for? What are you feeling? What kind of a person are you? A fish person? Are you a steak person? Are you a salad person? What would I get? Doesn't matter what I would get. I'm going to recommend for you what fits you. I don't want to go to a restaurant and be like, what do you recommend? And they go, I recommend the, uh, the pancakes. And I'm like, well, I have a gluten allergy. Like, well, okay, then I recommend the, uh, the stick. I'm a vegetarian. Okay, well, then I, maybe ask me a couple questions, find out what I'm about, and then make the recommendation. The nicer the restaurant you go to, the more likely they'll do that. The lower-end restaurants, Chili's, watch what they'll do. They'll recommend two or three things. One of them is the most expensive thing, and the other one isn't really far behind it. And that's the, the depth of their thought on the recommendation. No offense if you work at Chili's. No offense if you work at Friday's. I worked at Bennigan's when I was a lot younger. I worked at Friday's when I was a lot younger. And that's what they trained us to do. So I know you're doing it. But when you move into the transition from sales to service, when you're not just trying to ring up a higher ticket average, when you're willing to put anything on the plate to get these people to pay... Because I'm telling you right now, the steak at Friday's, the steak at Chili's ain't worth 20 bucks. It's not worth 25 bucks. But the steak at the Oak in Nashville, 
baby, you're worth every $76 that you cost. Every penny. They could raise the price $10 tomorrow and I'd high five them. Because the service is there. The quality is there. It's no longer about price. If you don't want it to be about price, stop making it about price. And so what happens is, is a customer gets a problem, you come into the home, and the fact that you listen, the fact that you are taking it in, that you're helping them continue on with their thought process is going to make it a lot easier for them to swallow your advice later because they will feel understood. How, how are you going to recommend something for me when you don't know me? How are you going to tell me when you don't know me? This is all over social media. Don't tell me nothing. You don't know me. But there is a truth to that. I mean, there's a reality to that. Like you can't come up and tell me what shoes I should wear if you don't know how, how I handle, like am I a basketball player? Am I a runner? Do I just walk? Am I lazy? Am I a fashion? Am I speaking on a stage? What am I doing? You can't just come up to me and recommend, you know, it's like, what if I went and sat down at the haircut place and like, this is how we're cutting your hair. Like, no, what, what do you want? What are you going for? What do you like? Every time. Same thing. That might be the one you get if you have a regular stylist. That's what mine says. Same thing. They still ask. It's a shorter conversation now than it was, but the first time, what do you want? And I was like, well, I think I want a number two on the sides. Take the top down a little bit. I like to get my cut hair cut every couple weeks because it keeps it kind of looking around the same. And she says, okay, well, if we do this and this and this and I blend this in, what about this back here? And that's well, actually, if you want, yeah, you can take that down a little shorter, I guess. And we talked it out, and then she cut my hair. It's called service. It's called understanding your customer. And for your customer, it's called being understood. It allows me to take your advice. It allows me to make the purchase and feel comfortable as a consumer. More importantly, more importantly, I feel like I was actually a part of the solution. Like I, I, I have investment in the conclusion that you came to. I helped you get there. It's like being a good witness, right? You want, you want to tell the detective, you want to tell the cops, you want to tell whoever the information that you have to help them do their job the best. I remember one time I was in what you would call maybe uh, a low-speed, high-speed chase where I was following a drunk driver and the cops came and got him, but I remember trying to give them the details the best that I could. I gave them the details the best that I could so that they could do what they needed to do, and I felt like I had a hand in that. I felt like I was a part of that. I really did, and you would too. And as a consumer, you want that. You want that feeling. You want to know, hey, I was understood. You want to feel comfortable about your purchase. And the way that happens is for you to listen. Number one, we got to listen. Relax. Let them know I'm here to listen. I'm not ready to talk. Take the body posture in a way that's ready to receive. Number two, let them off the hook. Talk a little bit when you need to talk a little bit. Get them unstuck from their thoughts. Before we go too much further into this, I just want to make a a call to action right here. Look, if this is resonating with you, we this is like one thousandth of our training in our training program, what we're talking about today. We talk about the full sales process, how to get the technicians to a point to where they're no longer averaging $304 and $500 a ticket, but $1,000 a ticket, and your customers are writing literal five-star books. I would say reviews, but they're like books because people get more excited about the bigger purchase. People get more excited when they buy a new car than when they fix their car. People get more excited when they buy a tankless than when they fix their water heater. So they tell more people. And people write books. They're ecstatic by the, by the process and by the way that they got treated. And we teach your company and your guys how to do that. We teach your company how to structure itself in a way to where the culture and the environment allows your technicians to thrive like that. And we even have 
an accountability process that we've implemented in a lot of companies, the structure, the organizational structure as it relates to management and how that should go, how that should flow, how you can scale, how you can scale the quality control from the customer experience to the plumbing that's done. Because guys, ladies, that's the hardest thing on earth to scale in a business is quality control. We figured it out a long time ago, and we've taught a lot of companies how to do that. Go to uh, theplumbingsalescoach.com and request coaching, request information. You'll get a call from uh, probably Brittany, our, our uh, customer concierge. She'll go through a couple of things with you, kind of make sure you'd be a good fit for the program. And if all things work out, she'll schedule a free call with myself or Patrick. Patrick's one of our coaches here. He's also the owner of Mr. Drippy Plumbing out of Birmingham, Alabama, and has killed it with this process, has exampled this for many, has displayed that he can implement it, do it, win with it, and now teach others how to do it. And he wants to help. I want to help. Call us up, hit us up, reach out to us, theplumbingsalescoach.com. Get information about the coaching and the trainings that we offer. Listen, when it comes to listening, you have to do it in a way that is absolutely putting you in a body posture where you're ready to listen. Number two, you have to talk and unstick them. Number three, you've got to pay attention and actively listen. I don't know if you've ever heard that word, actively listen, but when you hear it, this is what is meant by it or should be meant by it. How? Did they say what they said? When did they say what they said? Because it's equally, if not more important than what they actually said. How somebody says something can be way more telling than what they said. If you don't believe me, just consider the word sarcasm. Just consider the word victim. Just consider the word enraged. Because when people are feeling any one of those three things, the way they say something will be completely different in all three scenarios. I remember one time, uh, you know, we were we were talking about something with a customer, and uh, she they were they were pretty mellow, pretty even keel. And I said, uh, you know, have you guys ever thought about putting in a softener? She goes, "Are those any good?" And I was like, "Whoa, the interest level is high with this. Are those any good?" Are those any good? Are those even any good? Are those things even any good? There's a lot of ways to say that sentence, but the way she said it told me I should probably talk about it a little bit. Give her some more information. Ask her some more questions. Get her understanding of the product. How does she, what has she heard about it? What does she know about it? Where is she at? And then I explained to her, yeah, that, that's what I do in the homes. That's what we do in the homes. If we're if you're what we're about twenty minutes into this podcast, if you're if you're listening to this podcast right now, that's a gold nugget right there. When I'm in the home, I ask them what's concerning them about their product. They tell me. I listen. We go through these things that I'm talking about right now. But as we move through the home, I'm still asking questions. And when someone asks me a question about something, I want to know what they know. I want to know what they think. I want to know what they value. And why or why not they value or why or why not they like or why or why not they think. Why or why not they understand it to be. Meaning, where did you get your information from? And I'm not questioning them like I'm drilling them. It simply goes like this. Should I, you know, are those any good? Like, oh man, what, have you ever heard of it? Like, what are you, what are you what's your uh, experience with a softener? Well, um, I have, I never had one, but I had a friend that had one. Oh, okay. What, what, do you know what kind they had? Oh, do you remember where they got it from? Oh, okay. Did you, did you like theirs? 
what was their biggest complaint about it? Do you remember? Just, I mean, you know, just depending on how normal the conversation is, we're having that back and forth. I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm seeking to understand and I'm listening, but I'm listening to how they're saying it. I'm listening to when they're saying what they're saying. I'm also listening to what they're saying. And I want them to know by asking more questions and not cutting them off and not giving solutions and answers right away, it allows them to feel even more comfortable when I answer, or I'm sorry, when I ask the next question, because now they're being conditioned and they're learning who I am as a person. They're realizing, okay, this is someone who listens. It's safe to give them an answer. He doesn't talk over me. doesn't cut me off. One, one, one apprentice on a shop visit I went to asked me one time, he says, do you ask he says, what do you do more in the home? This is after he ran a call with me. He says, what do you do more in the home? Ask questions or listen? And I was like, wow, his observation of me running a call was asking a lot of questions and, and listening. And we sold a, a lateral repipe on that call. Uh, it was a couple thousand dollar call. Somebody's like, $2,000 for a lateral repipe. Here we go. You weren't there. You don't know the circumstances. It wasn't that much. It wasn't that little. It was just right. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, that's too much. That's too little. No, it was the right amount. End of story. Anyways, point is, point is, is that that's the key, guys. Ladies, that's the key. You go in. Now, I feel like I don't have to tell the ladies as much because they already listen. They listen better than guys. That's just, it just is, we're, we're different. But it doesn't change the importance of it and it doesn't change the reality of it and it doesn't change the stigma and prejudgment of it. I've got a prejudgment of it. Look, when I'm, when I'm a consumer, I don't even like being there when the service person shows up. I don't even like being there at all, to be honest. But if I am there and I start talking, I'm, I'm paying attention. Like, is this, are they even listening to me? You even hearing me right now? I remember the, uh, the guy came in for our home and uh, was going to do some stuff. And I was, I was telling him uh, it was a war like a warranty type thing where, um, the you know after you get to home they come in they do different things the guy was doing like all these faucet checks and shutoff checks he was asking me if there was issues i was like well one of the faucets the the stem broke and you're probably gonna have to rebuild that and then this guy comes to me like he's educating me and he says shortly after he's like oh so it's uh in your faucet it's the stem that broke and then he starts like, breaking down how that works to me and i'm like dude i told you what happened but you wouldn't remember that, sir, because you weren't listening. And that is now obvious to me. You ever been in a conversation with someone? Maybe your spouse, maybe not, maybe not. Maybe your spouse, though, maybe. And you're like, are you even listening to me right now? We know. You can tell. Don't be the person. Don't make, don't make this customer feel unheard. Don't make this customer feel uncomfortable. Don't put this customer in a position where they don't feel understood. Because if you do... The odds of them taking advice from you is pretty much nil. The odds of them listening to your solutions beyond what they already wanted is nil. And you may not even be able to do the thing that they actually called you out there for to begin with. Because they don't trust you. They don't like you. And they don't know you. That's the bottom line. People don't... See, they say people don't buy... Uh, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. I would say this. People don't buy from people they don't like, don't know, and don't trust. But the reality is, is that we don't, uh, we do buy from people. Uh, we, we don't have to know, like, and trust the person, believe it or not, to buy. 
We just have to know, like, and trust the product. I can prove it. If you go to the gas station right now, whether or not you know, like, and trust the gas, uh, the, the convenience store attendant will have no reflection on whether or not you're going to put the gas in your car. What it will have a reflection on is if they come out there and try to convince you that you should only put premium in your car. If they try to educate you on how gasoline works. If they try to educate you on the quality differences, you might be like, Dude, I don't know you. I don't like you. I don't trust you. I'm just going to do what I do. But if you know, like, and trust the person, they come out and they're like, dude, if you put the premium in your tank, it's going to be so much better or whatever example they give you, you'll do it. It's that simple. And that's life. So we don't have to know, like, and trust to buy the product. But we do have to know, like, and trust to take advice. And you're going to have to give advice in the home at the end when it comes time to offering three solutions and finding out which one they want to go with. So understand that. Never forget that. And more importantly, make sure you are listening to your customer. Make sure you are not only hearing what they have to say in a way that makes them feel heard, but also you're unsticking them from anything that gets them hung up. And last but not least, make sure you are actively listening to what they said, but more importantly, how and when they said it. Remember guys, this is the stuff that will get you to the result that you want. It's the service over sales. It's the experience. Give the customer an amazing experience. They'll tell the world and they'll spend more money with you. It's just the way it works. I love you. As always, don't forget to go check out the show. Don't forget to check out the website. Guys, ladies, as always, serve your communities and everything, not just plumbing. Have a great afternoon. Fresh. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Fresh Approach. Be sure to check out our new show, The Fresh Experience, on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. We'll see you there. Fresh. Fresh.